And welcome in to another edition of Queued Up. It is Monday, December 12th, 2022. There's a little bit of snow on the ground, so nothing like a little bit of snow to get you in the holiday spirit as we are about 12, 13 days away from Christmas. So Christmas is right around the corner. The end of the football season is right around the corner. And with that comes the playoffs. Both of the locals, the Giants and the Jets, are in the playoff mix. Right now, the Jets aren't in the playoff mix. They're right outside at the as the eighth seed right now. The Giants are in it. They are tied with the Commanders, and they got a huge game coming up. But before we get to that game, we got to talk about how the Jets did over the weekend, coming up short against the Bills, and then the Giants getting their doors blown off by the Philadelphia Eagles. And then we'll wrap up, if we have time later on, with the Mets getting Kodai Senga and what that means for the rest of the offseason. But first, let's talk about the Jets and the Bills yesterday. It was a wintry mix, and it did not go well for the Jets. couple errors that they made throughout the game. They had two huge turnovers, both of them coming in the second half, one of them actually coming when the Jets were driving down the field. They handed it off to Michael Carter, and he fumbled it. And can we just stop handing it off to uh, Michael Carter? I don't know what the fascination is rushing a 5-foot, 850-pound running back through the tackles with 300-pounders sandwiching him in between because he is just getting thrown around like a rag doll when he gets it up the middle. He's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield. Third down, put him in there. I'm all for it. But don't rush him up the middle every time. I mean, how many times did we have to see yesterday the Jets trying to run him up the middle and then him getting just clobbered, stonewalled at the line of scrimmage? Bam Knight had another great day rushing the ball, and I don't know why it took us this long to find Zonovan Knight, but he played really well. Carter had a huge fumble, and then, of course, when Mike White came out the second time, Joe Flacco had to come in, and we had to revert back to uh, the Jets of old, just turning the ball over left and right. Joe Flacco was the first play. After coming in for the second time, he fumbled it, and then the Bills came down, and they scored a field goal. And that turnover that the Jets had, that Michael Carter had when the Jets were driving down the field, at the very least, the Jets probably would have ended up with a field goal. So that's six points right there. And then, if we go back to the first half, fourth and one, the Bills on the Jets' side of the field, I believe. I'm not sure where they were on the field, but I think it was around midfield. And it was fourth and one. The Bills did that stupid motion into Dawson Knox acting like the quarterback under center, like he's going to um, snap the ball and then just rush it like a quarterback sneak. And then you have C.J. Mosley jumping out of his shoes to try to jump over the line and stop Dawson Knox. Of course, Knox does not end up snapping it, and that ends up being a five-yard penalty, an automatic first down, and then the Bills go down and they kick a field goal. So that's nine points there. The Jets ended up losing by eight. So there you go. There's your nine points, and that's how the Jets lost. It sucks. Because now that's a handful of games this year, especially the Viking game, the Patriots game, and now this game where the Jets should have won the game, but they didn't just because of stupid errors and stupid mistakes late in the game that have costed them. And you can point to that. I know a lot of people on Twitter are saying Zach Wilson, if he was at least suited up, he could have came in to replace Mike White when he went down and he wouldn't have fumbled it like Joe Flacco. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have fumbled it, but he would have thrown an interception. He definitely would have. 
So I don't I don't think Wilson would have came in and been, you know, the spark plug that a lot of people think he's going to be. Let's face it, Wilson sucks. He's terrible. There's a reason why Flacco is the number 2 quarterback now and Wilson has reverted back to not even to not even suiting up. So there's a reason why he's on the sideline and he is just in street clothes. I think Joe Flacco, he came in, he did the best that he could. He sucked, but, I mean, what else were you going to expect? Him being on the sidelines in sub-30-degree weather with the snow coming down. I mean, that's a tough ask, especially going against that Bills defense. So um, it sucked when Mike White came out of the game. You definitely saw a drop in overall play by this Jets offense, but it was another really good game by the Jets defense. They didn't force any turnovers, which is a little startling for me. I think the reason why they went on such a run in the middle of the season was because they got turnovers and their defense was solid. The defense hasn't been as good in recent games, but it's still really good, and it kept them in the game. The Jets just were not able to score when they needed to the most, and that's what it comes down to. Um, The bottom line is Mike White did not get too much time, and when he did have time, he stayed in the pocket, and he still got drilled by this Buffalo Bills pass rush and I hope he's okay. I think he was going to go for some MRIs today to reveal if there was any sort of permanent damage to his ribs. And, man, if if there's any damage at all to his ribs and him playing on Sunday against the Lions is in any jeopardy at all, that would just be an absolute buzzkill for any New York Jets fan because now that means Zach Wilson has to come back and I don't want to see Wilson again. I really don't. I want. I don't want to hear about him. And I don't. I don't really care that he was on the sideline in street clothes. I don't care that he wasn't suited up because he's terrible. I would rather have Joe Flacco in the game than Zach Wilson because the Jets are seriously um, in the running for a playoff spot. And not even that, they can be in the playoffs and they could do some damage in the playoffs because they're that good. And because Mike White changes the entire dynamic of that team. Of course, that only happens if White can stay healthy. So we'll see how the week progresses and if he does get out on the practice field and if he is in line to start on Sunday. By the next time I have a podcast, which will be Friday, we should know more in terms of his diagnosis. But that would just be horrible for Mike White and this entire Jets team to go through this again just like they did last year with White catching fire for three games and then getting hurt, and then we don't see him again until the next year. I really hope that doesn't happen. I want to see Mike White on Sunday against the surging Detroit Lions, who got yet another win. They beat the Vikings, and that was my lock of the week last week. If you listen to my Friday podcast, I said that the Vikings were going to absolutely smoke the Lions, and I didn't get why the Vikings, as a 11-win team, were underdogs against the Detroit Lions. But I guess we know why. The Lions looked really good yesterday. And who knows? They can run the table. And if you're a Giants fan, you are a huge Jets fan on Sunday because you need the Lions to lose. And by the way, you need the Jets to win next week as well. Not just this coming week against the uh, Lions, but you need them to win against the Seahawks too. The Jets control the Giants' destiny other than the Giants winning games. And uh, by the way, speaking of the Giants, they lost yesterday against the Eagles. They got crushed, and you know you really you really can't hammer the Giants at all because they're they're just not as good of a team as the Eagles. I think I thought that they were going to hold the Eagles just 
to a little bit less than what they scored, and I thought it was going to be a little bit of a closer game than what it was just because this coaching staff is so good. And that's been their mantra the entire season, just keeping these games close. But it's really just evident that the Eagles have more talent top to bottom on their team. And it just shows how far away, talent-wise, the Giants are. Because the Giants are good enough to steal some games against teams that are as good as them and even slightly better than them. But if they go up against the true juggernauts of the NFL, like if they went up against the Chiefs or the 49ers and just like we saw against the Eagles and the Cowboys, it the talent discrepancy is pretty wide. And it's evident that the Giants just aren't there. And if they do make the playoffs, they're probably not going to go very far. Maybe have an upset in the first round, but that is absolutely it. Um, this coaching staff has done a terrific job, but it's just not going to happen, especially when you have teams like the Eagles and the 49ers that are just absolutely loaded with talent. But this this type of game just illustrates that the Eagles are for real and they need to be taken seriously if you didn't take them seriously before. And I know I've been kind of in and out on the Eagles all year. I didn't like how they lost to the Commanders. And by the way, the Giants have to play the Commanders um, this Sunday. On Sunday night, the entire world is going to be watching that game. And that is a humongous, humongous game for the Giants. If they win that game, they basically solidify themselves a playoff spot, no matter what happens the rest of the way, because then they own the tiebreaker against the Commanders. And the Commanders can go on some sort of run. That's fine. But if the Giants win on Sunday then they will be all set for the playoffs. It'd probably be an 80 to 90% chance that they're in the playoffs. I think the Giants would probably just need to win one more game to really solidify themselves. But as it stands right now, the Giants have the seven seed. They are a half a game up on the Seattle Seahawks. And then right behind the Seahawks are the Lions. I know the Packers are down there. They're two games back with four games to go. So they're not mathematically out of it, but they are pretty much out of it. The Jets play the Lions next week, so the Giants are going to be huge Jets fans, like I said earlier, and the Giants need to beat the Commanders. If they lose against the Commanders, then you're talking about the Giants having to fight an uphill battle to make the playoffs. They would most likely be out of a playoff spot at that point, because if the Lions do win on Sunday, which a lot of people are expecting the Lions to put up a fight against the Jets, and I think the Lions can pull that off against the New York Jets, then that'll be a recipe for disaster for the Giants. But a huge game coming up on Sunday. We'll obviously preview it more on Friday. And then for the Jets, it can't be understated. A big game for them, just trying to get back off the schneid and trying to get back in the win column because right now they are outside of a playoff spot. They are tied with the Chargers, who have that seventh spot. But um, they are outside because the Chargers have the tiebreaker based on uh, the best win percentage in conference games. So the tiebreaker goes all the way down to conference games. And then if the Patriots win tonight, the Patriots will be in the seventh seed. So then the Jets will have to leapfrog the, both the Patriots and the Chargers to try to get back into a playoff spot. A lot of things can happen, but if the Jets just keep winning games then I think the rest will take care of itself. The Chargers have been up and down. I don't think the Patriots are very good. I think there's a good chance that they win tonight, though, against the Cardinals, who are just terrible this year. And Kyler Murray always struggles on prime time. So I would give it a greater than 50% chance that the Patriots do win tonight against the Cardinals. 
Elsewhere in the NFL, just some games to recap. I talked about the Lions really taking it to the Vikings 34-23. Jared Goff looked great. The one thing that the Jets do have going for them on Sunday when they play the Lions is that the Lions aren't very good on the road. Jared Goff has like two touchdown passes in five games on the road. They're 2-3 and three on the road. So I think if there's anything that are going the Jets' way, it is the environment that they're going to be playing in, which is going to be cold outdoors. Goff doesn't do too well in those type of games. And the Jets obviously have a really good defense. But I think the Lions have now won five of their last six games. They've come out of nowhere to just stun basically everyone that they've played. And the one game that the Lions lost in that six-game stretch was on Thanksgiving against the Buffalo Bills, a game that they should have won. The Bills won on the last-second field goal. I think a lot of people came out of that game thinking, wow, this Lions team is actually pretty darn good. They've got some talent. They just got back Jamison Williams, who's their deep threat. So this offense is very talented. The defense leaves a lot to be desired. And I think if Mike White does play, I think it can be another one of his signature 350-yard passing games. But that's a huge if, if he can play. And obviously, we'll be holding our breath throughout the week to hope and pray that he does play because of that rib injury, the multiple rib injuries that he sustained yesterday just getting drilled by this Buffalo Bills defense. Another game that really was interesting throughout the day, the 1 o'clock game was the Cowboys and the Texans. The Cowboys going into that game were 16.5-point favorites. They ended up winning by 4, and they ended up getting that touchdown late in the fourth quarter with about 20 seconds to go, Elliott rushing up the middle and scoring that touchdown, but the Texans making it a close game, and the Cowboys showing a little bit of a vulnerability. Cowboys were shut down for the majority of that game and then came to life late in the fourth quarter just because they're just another supremely talented team going up against a team that does not have a lot of talent, and they quite frankly suck. And the Texans, they gave the Cowboys all they can handle, probably should have won that game, But the Cowboys do sneak by just because Dak Prescott's pretty good. And this offense is very high-powered. And they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs, especially when you combine that with the great defense that they have, too. The Panthers stunning the Seahawks. And that's one of the reasons why the Giants are still in that sixth seed in the NFC. If the Seahawks won that game against the Panthers, which a lot of people thought they would, then we'd be talking about this game on Sunday being even more important for the Giants to win. But because the Seahawks lost, they still have that game or that half a game up on the Seahawks. And we'll see how that plays out throughout the next two or three weeks. The Jets obviously do have a lot to say about how the Giants do in regards to a playoff run as well. As for the Niners, they won against Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers 35-7. to Buccaneers just look horrible. And you know what the worst part about it all is, too? They're going to probably end up making the playoffs as a 500 team or maybe even less than 500 team. I mean, they are 6-7 and seven right now and leading the NFC South. The Panthers right behind them at 5-8. and eight. The Falcons are also 5-8. and eight. And as bad as the Saints have been this year, they're 4-9. and nine. They're only two games back. I mean, it's not inconceivable to say that the Saints could make the playoffs as bad as their season's been. So anyone is in it, it'll probably end up being the Buccaneers that'll make the playoffs. And who knows, Tom Brady always goes on some sort of run led by his defense, and he'll get all the credit for it. Um, In the playoffs, they'll probably end up playing the Cowboys, who just 
who just almost lost to the Houston Texans. And then you can even say that they'll probably play the Giants maybe in the second round with Daniel Jones. They'll probably win that game. Or they'll play Taylor Heineke's led, uh, you know, Washington Commanders like they did a few years ago. So, I mean, there is a path there. And then they'll end up playing the 49ers with Brock Purdy. And then they'll win that game and get to the Super Bowl. So there is a path for Tom Brady, as bad as his team has been, to make the playoffs and to get to the Super Bowl at least. I mean, I can definitely see it. I would not put that uh, past him at all for doing that. I would actually deem it pretty likely that Tom Brady would do it, especially if his defense and um, if he could just start to get some sort of a chemistry with Mike Evans, which seems like it's totally distant right now. And Evans and Brady are not on the same page. Godwin as well. Uh, the entire offense just looks horrible. The defense tried to keep a minute, but even their defense just threw their hands up and were like, well, we suck. But that is basically it for the NFL part of it. Nothing really else caught my eye. Uh, the Chargers did beat the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football, 23-17. to And then the Chiefs, they had a little bit of a scare. They were up like 28-0 at one point, ended up winning only 34-28. to So Chiefs winning that game against Denver. Russell Wilson did leave that game with an injury. I think he has a concussion. That'll definitely be in the news as this week goes on. We'll see if Wilson plays next week. But... Other than that, we got a huge game tonight. Cardinals-Patriots in Arizona. I will say that the Patriots will win. I think the Patriots are um, point-and-a-half point favorites. I'll take the Patriots to win that game. My picks did not do well last week. I don't even want to talk about it. Um, my lock, supposedly, my unlock of the week, I guess you can say, was the Vikings and Lions game. I lost royally on that. But I do want to talk about something that did make me really excited. Saturday night, just got back from work, and I opened my phone, and I see that the Mets signed Kodai Sanga to a very team-friendly deal. I think it's $15 million average AAV. I mean, that is just an amazing deal, especially when you consider that Taiwan Walker, who was the team's fifth starter last year, got four years for $74 million. That's almost $20 million a year for Taiwan Walker. But you get Kodai Sanga, who throws over 100 miles an hour with a ghost forkball for $15 million. I mean, what? I was just totally shocked that they were able to pull this off. And I think I saw that for the amount of money that DeGrom got for going over to the Texas Rangers, the Mets have allotted $185 million total to Justin Verlander, Kodai Sanga, and Jose Quintana. So... They basically traded DeGrom for Verlander, Sanga, and Quintana. They needed arms. They got arms. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that Billy Epler has an easy job because you can just spend money. You can go out and get the, you know, the star players. But, I mean, to do that, like, that's amazing. Like, that's really good. I think Epler deserves a lot of credit. Cohen, obviously, deserves a ton of credit for actually putting his faith in these players and putting his money where his mouth is, quite literally. So uh, the Mets are a better team than they were last year. I don't know if they're significantly better because they had to sign their guys that they had already on their team because, you know, it sucks. It was unfortunate timing for the Mets, but a lot of their key guys were free agents like Edwin Diaz and Brandon Nimmo, and they needed to sign those guys. So the Mets had to spend a lot just to get back to where they were to even where they were last year, but I think they're even better with Jose Quintana, who's an upgrade, and then with Justin Verlander, who I think is an upgrade over DeGrom, at least in the regular season he will be, and then, of course, with Kodai Senga, who is an upgrade over Chris Bassett. So overall, 
Really good offseason for the Mets so far. I would be okay if the Mets just packed up their bags and headed to St. Lucie tomorrow and we started spring training there. So excited about the Mets. Talk more about that on Friday. We're running out of time here. I want to thank you all for listening. Have a terrific rest of your week and enjoy Monday Night Football. I'll be back on Friday.